Hello and welcome to Theatre Club Podcast. We bring you theatre news, theatre reviews and theatre-themed booze. Welcome back to another episode. In this episode of Theatre Club Podcast, we will be reviewing Sister at the Musical at the London Palladium and Yeast Nation at the Southwark Playhouse. Um, before we do that, though, mm-hmm. welcome to Theatre Club Podcast. To our listeners, I know we've been away for a while. Um, any new listeners, this is Theatre Club Podcast, brother and sister team here, Oscar and Alice. On the pavements of London, seeing as many shows as we can. Yeah, although we were just saying it's been so hot that we've kind of slowed down everything, including our theatre watching. But yeah. we've got two really good shows this episode. But you've also been seeing, not like not theatre-related, but very theatrical, darling. You went to see Lady Gaga. I did, because she was um, the Chromatica Ball. She was playing at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It's the second concert that they've had there. They had Guns N' Roses, mm-hmm. um, which was like the first band to go there, and then Lady Gaga. How was it? So it. it was amazing. I went, didn't see the warm-up, just literally turned up at 8.30. Yeah, because you live so near. Because I live a five-minute walk. So that was great. And... I had some really good seats. We were on the f- they they cleared out all of the um, stool seating, and that was where the little monsters were. I love that you're like the stool. There's no stool seat there, Alex. That's called the football pitch. Oh yeah, that's usually where football happens. I was in the first circle. <laughs> and the Lillian Bayless. Yeah. At the, uh, <laughs> hi, I'd like to find the Lillian Bayless circle here at Tottenham. Are there ice creams um, and programs? So yeah, that was really nice. We had really great seats. The set was really cool. She had two big screens up either side of the stage. And what I liked was instead of just like having a feed of what we could see, mm-hmm. she had like those bits were really art directed. I felt like they were really, you know what I mean? They weren't just yeah. like, oh, cut to camera two. Like they were beautifully done. If you happen yeah. to watch the screen instead of the stage, I felt right. like that was as good a performance as anything. And she just looked incredible. She started off with all of her big hits, so Telephone, Monster. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she went into the sort of, she did. A, she came out on a piano at one stage, and she did the song from Star Is Born. Oh yeah. And she did a couple of the newer songs off the last album. And did she do lots of dancing. She did lots of dancing. Um, she had like eight dancers around her who were really good, and what? the costumes were incredible. What was the standout number? Well, standout number for me would have been Monster because I just love that song. Okay. Um, that's one of my favorite Gaga songs, so that was really good. And she did a lot of like, she did on the bits when she spoke. She did a lot of nods to like British fashion, to like Alexander McQueen, Philip Tracy. I think Philip Tracy had done a lot of the head pieces in it for her. Mm-hmm. And very Madonna, like yes, I, I was... couldn't like. She came out in one outfit, which was supposed to be head to toe PVC with a PVC like taxi hat I think I saw that and white hair and this red lip and mm-hmm. even the dance everything and I just thought they were kind of voguing I think I saw yeah. a clip of that and I was like okay it. well she's not even trying to like she's just leaning into the fact that she is paying homage homage to Madonna but I'm not sure how I felt like about that yeah um, but yeah it was great that's cool I would like I would actually really like to see Lady Gaga just look like a really fun it was good fun a fun time they had these flame you know like the big flames that come Cannon, up in the yeah. cannons but they were on the football pitch right. bear in mind I'm nowhere near there I'm yeah. in the first circle when they went up my whole face was hot really? I had a new Eastern on lipstick on and it was practically sliding uh, off my face Wow! and I thought if you were closer the to there yeah. how would yeah oh especially as it's been so hot recently that and then all of the black smoke from once 
from like after they go off you just see it going into the air and I'm like this isn't good for the environment (laughs) (laughs) I know we're all having fun but guys look at those fumes (laughs) I would love to see her Um, if you could see anyone who would you see they have to be alive they have to be alive I mean I would love to see Beyonce although I'm not I've only listened to the new album once but I didn't wasn't not obsessed but generally to see her live would I'd be... like to see Alicia Keys live mm. in a small setting. Yes, like in the Camden Roundhouse. Yeah, but I'm just thinking big. I'm thinking, yeah, Beyonce or I mean, I'd love to see Heim live, which I, which is obviously totally doable. They tour all the time. Mm. I just always miss it. Mm. I'm always like, well, not always, but we tend to be quite up on the theatre stuff. But gigs are not on my radar, and then I'm, they've got they're there, and I'm like, oh, I would have liked to see Heim, and then they're gone. Yeah. I miss it. I'm not on the um No, I'm not. Event of what concert's coming when. You've got to follow these people, I guess. Yes. I did go and see something at the Soho Theatre, actually, that was really good, um, which was Kate Ballant, who is an American comedian. Follow her on Instagram. She's really funny. She does a podcast called Poog, and she does a lot of work with John Early from Search Party. Mm-hmm. Um, they write and perform a lot together, but this was just her solo show, and it was just really funny. It was kind of like... Uh, it wasn't stand-up. It was sort of like character pieces. She's very um, wry and uh, it's just really, really funny. So Who did you go and see that with? With Rory. Oh, you went to see something without me? Yeah. And it was so, it was absolutely... One of the best really nights of your life? It was really hilarious. Really funny? Yeah? You had it a great night? Really you didn't go... I don't know if you wanted to come. You didn't get invited. I didn't get invited. No, no. You didn't get invited. That's okay. true. But if she comes back, Kate Ballant... No, I don't. Um, it's fine. It was... It probably was, had to be there the first time, you know? It was. You know, like, we went to see Megan Stalter. Yes. It was kind of similar show to that, but not as, like, um, scary. As in, Megan Stalter was just picking on everyone in the crowd. Her show wasn't as like that, but it was very, it was very, very amusing. I must see more stuff at Soho. Because I always enjoy it when we go. Yeah. And it's so nice being in central London, isn't it? Like, you just, mm. you know, that central, go and get some nice food beforehand. It's not super expensive over there. Like, yeah. it's so reasonable and they have amazing people, comedy-wise. And it's not all just stand-up. Shows like this were a bit more, like, theatrical. Mm-hmm. It was very good. Let's move on to our reviews. So we're going to be reviewing Sister Act at the Apollo, Eventum Apollo. And we're going to review Snation at the Playhouse. Let's start with Sister Act. Fabulous, baby. Let's get into it. Okay, so let's talk about Sister Act, which we've been wanting to see for so long. It was a pre-pandemic show that we were going to go see, and it's finally come back. For anyone who doesn't know, Sister Act, the musical, is based on the film Sister Act with Whoopi Goldberg, and she produced the musical. It opened in London originally, 2009. Mm -hmm. So it's all new songs, doesn't have the songs from the film. It's a whole new um, full score, but it's Pretty much exactly the same story as the movie Sister Act. Yeah. And who hasn't seen Sister Act? Um, but if you haven't, it's about a nightclub singer, Dolores Van Cartier, who her boyfriend's a crook, a gangster, and when she sees a murder, she has to be hidden away in kind of witness protection. And so they decide that the best place to hide her is in a local uh, nunnery. nunnery. Yeah, yeah, in the nunnery as a nun. And she kind of teaches the choir there to sing. And yeah, that's this, this it. the nunnery's. Um, they're losing people in their sermons and their like church is in disrepair and mm-hmm. she's like we could create money by making a great choir and bringing yeah. people back but obviously her low profile is then not so low when the choir starts doing really well so yeah story of the movie is the story of this musical they've changed the setting of this to the 70s which I thought was an interesting choice and a good choice yeah 
because I think you'd have either had to have gone 90s. I don't think you could try and do it contemporary. No way. Um, but 70s was quite good because there were some kind of disco-y moments in there. Yeah, and cool costumes. Exactly. And so watch, let's talk about the cast because this is a very starry cast and this is a big yeah. production. And so it stars Beverly Knight as Dolores Van Cartier, which if you listen to this podcast at all, you know we're obsessed with Beverly Knight. She's honestly an incredible singer. Whatever I see her in, I'm like, I, I just come to see Beverly. I just want to yeah. hear her sing any song. Her voice is amazing. So then on top of that, we also have kind of the other big star casting is Jennifer Saunders as the Mother Superior, which was the Maggie Smith role from the movie. And, and she, she she's like, a, it's a comedy role, isn't it? It's quite a kind of, you well, know, quite, she had fun with it. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say, it's an uptight character, but she she played it more, much more comedically than in, in the movie. I suppose people were coming to see her. Like, yeah. that you're expecting laughs, so her lines were all delivered for, for laughs, yes. weren't they? And then I did not know Leslie Joseph was going to be in this, who was Dorian from Birds of a Feather. Yeah, I didn't recognise her until the end, until you said it. And yeah. I was like, oh yeah. So she got some big laughs. We also have Clive Rowe, who is like a West End kind of, he's been doing this for ages. He um, famously does the Hackney Empire Panto every year. Yeah. He's, he's just a musical um, theatre pro. Really good dancer, really good singer, very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so who else? Oh, then we had Kira Settle from... The Greatest Showman, who played the bearded lady. Yes, and she plays another nun. Yeah, the kind of Catherine the Jimmy role from the movie. I can't remember that character's name. And then we have Lizzie B, who plays um, Sister... Why well, I'm not remembering any of their names. I should have had these written down. But the quiet nun who doesn't... Who's like who finds very, her voice. Yeah, exactly. And she... I don't know Lizzie B, but I was reading she was in Hairspray recently. Oh, she had a um, great voice, didn't she? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she was really good. So the cast were... Fantastic. And they're all really talented. It wasn't like when you go and see something and it's got somebody from X Factor in it or somebody that you're just like, mm, but are you really yeah. set? Are you just in this because you're Gemma Collins and you're doing Mum and Morrison in Chicago? Like, right, yeah, yeah. these are all people that I was like, wow, you, you can really act or yeah. really sing, you know? And so the music in this is by Alan Menken with lyrics by Glenn Slater. And Alan Menken, people will know from all his work, Disney, Aladdin, um, Lion King. No, not Lion King, that was Elton John. Oh yeah, of course. But, um, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, um, I think Hercules, like, he's done so many. So the music was, I think for the most part, pretty good. Because So we've kind of talked about this before, when this was first on in 2009, we kind of were a bit like, meh. Yeah. We went into seeing... Mainstream, kind like, of. Musicals based on popular movies, turned our nose up a little. We did. We did. Same as Legally Blonde. We were just like, not for us. Yeah, but actually, when it's done right... And like, the songs are really good. Yeah, so um, Fabulous Baby is the first big song, which is our kind of favourite song. We've both listened to the soundtrack since 2009, and this is why we've been sick, because we kind of discovered, actually, it's some pretty good music yeah. in it. And um, Fabulous Baby is the second number, I guess, and it's when Dolores, it's her, like, I want song. Mm-hmm. And it's really good fun. Now, the first, like, quibble of the evening. So this is on at the Eventim Apollo. So Sister Act's on the Eventim Apollo. It's only running for the month of August. And or did the it event, start in July, actually? Finland doesn't live in London. Like, the Eventim Apollo is traditionally where it's, like, a big... Uh, comedians go and you can sell out the venue, event. It's a yeah. gig venue. It's not necessarily just for theatre. Like, you'd go and see something, like, you know, at the National or whatever. This is, like, gigs... Um, Music, comedians, comedy, yeah. yeah. So it's like, and it's right by Hammersmith um, Station. So the crowd that were there... It's kind of run more as a gig, like the bag checks, the way they funnel everyone in feels very gig-like. And then 
the crowd just seemed very rowdy, like talking a lot, on their phones a lot. Like, Which I knew going in, any popular musical with a big starry cast that got mass appeal, you're gonna, like when we went to see Dirty Dancing, we were like, get ready for some chatty audience. Yeah, here. let's get ready for people taking photos throughout the performance kind of yeah. thing. They just haven't realised, like, no, you're at the theatre, so you need to watch this. Like, yeah, you don't, you can't be interacting on your phone while you're watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we knew that would happen. What I found really irritating is that there were latecomers, which there always are, especially for like these big, massive shows. However, they let everyone in, like in you know, usually in a in a show after the first big number, when you then go into the next scene or in the first scene break, you suddenly see everyone being ushered in and to find they let everyone in in the middle of Fabulous Baby. Baby. I know. And I, mean, I was just like, wait. This is the what? one song I came to watch. This is the this is the big song that I listened to, and you've ruined my concentration on Beverly. So many people being brought in, and we were quite near the front, and you can see Beverly Knight there performing her little butt off, and then just like a sea of people being led down to seats right in front of the stalls. It's so embarrassing. Bev deserves more, diva. And, and after that number, we have a number with her ga- with um, her gangster part. You know, the gangsters all come on. Very funny, but it's just like a sort of talky scene. That's when you let people in. Yeah, no one cares about the interstitial like, chat. Like, wait till the end of the number cool. and then let people in. I don't know why they did that. Maybe really they thought, be. like, in the hubbub of the musical number, everyone would be watching that. That's when you can sneak people in. But I'm like, no. No. I'm here to watch that stuff. Anyway, that was I, very I annoying. honestly think it was a mistake. I think? think that the ushers were probably told... Given the go too quick. Yes. Yeah, well, I hope that doesn't happen every night because what an annoying thing because that's the first big number and that's a really fun one. Um, um, I was thinking, so obviously the nuns are good singers. The choir's terrible. Yeah. And so Dolores comes to teach them. How do you feel about the fact that they have that number called Why I Love Being a Nun, which from the original production was how I got the calling. They've um I thought it's really funny. It, they've changed it up. But how do we like it's kind of interesting that do you think that we should have maybe waited to see them singing? I know like suspend your disbelief mm-hmm. but they're singing quite well together as a group in that number. But um... it's you know I mean but maybe that's just the kind of the musical theatre or do you think they should have just held it until Do you think we voice? should have seen them being taught more to sing? Do you think there wasn't like a, 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 a montage of them? Well, you just wait to raise your voice, but then that's a long time to wait to have an ensemble number with them. I just mm. thought it was an interesting thing. It didn't bother me because, you know, with the conventions and musical theatre, it's like, well, this is not them singing within the world of the show. They're talking now, but... But I just thought it was a kind of interesting thing, maybe. Yeah, perhaps. Maybe, maybe that's not an interesting thought to no, I think it I'm is. I'm sure some people would have been like, oh, they can all actually sing. Whereas it, th- that wasn't a thing for me. I knew that within the world of the show, they weren't singing in that moment. I just don't want to make comparisons to the film. But in the film, you see her teaching each person how to like find their voice, project out, how to sing together. Mm-hmm. That You have that whole montage. We didn't really get that. Well, they do it all within the song Raise Your Voice, which is a really good song. It's one of the best ones in it, I think when they all learn to sing but I think you're right I think rather than having all that happen because you know within the song she's doing the lullaby like, yes that should have been a scene as well into the song yes yeah. because what happens is they all gather in the choir room and they launch straight into raise your voice pretty much and it should have maybe been more of a scene maybe some time lapse exactly stuff. of people coming in and t- learning and getting better each yeah. time I it, needed that it's a great song though and that's the first I think the first big song where every 
like that really kind of got everyone going. Yeah, and the the beginning of the show actually did feel a little bit flat, a bit like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not really sure. And then by that number, I was like, okay, I'm I'm in. Like this yes. is good now. But I didn't love the beginning. I have to say, I was I was a bit. I did feel it was a bit flat. Yeah, I think because I listened to it so much as well, mm-hmm. I kind of imagined how fabulous baby would be staged, and it was a bit smaller. Yeah, it's just her. Yeah. Whereas I thought what they did quite well with um, Clive Rose number, um, he plays Eddie the cop, who's kind of like, they call him Steady Eddie, because he's not, you know, he's not a big sort he's of... He's a bit safe. He's very safe. And so he has a number, and it then goes into a fancy disco number, and this is when the 70s disco, and Clive Rose milked that for mm-hmm. absolutely everything it was worth. And the costume reveals in that was so funny. Really clever. The dub- yeah, the costume reveal in that was really, really good. And because that song started a bit like, I'm like, oh, you're going to lose this big crowd here because it's a bit slow. But then it really picked up and that um, that big disco number was very good. Got a good reaction, didn't it? Yeah. So I think the songs in it across the board are pretty good. I think there aren't really, for me, any major duds. No. They, you know, even like Find That Girl, kind of those numbers that aren't my fave. On stage, they were done in quite a comedic way. Yeah. And Jennifer Saunders, although not a singer, she doesn't pretend to be. She she injected a lot of comedy into the way she did her numbers as well. Because mm. she, I, Jennifer Saunders, you just forget how good an actress she is. Just everything she did, I just thought was just really funny. And everyone was listening, and I felt like she commanded attention really well. Yeah, she does. I think you just forget that actually she's a national treasure. She's, she's a pro. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I think that I think it was all. I just really loved all of it. Actually, I loved all of it. it. I mean, fun. would I have liked to have seen it with a different audience? Yes. Would I have liked to have seen it somewhere smaller? Definitely, because Seems once you, big. yeah, once you get into these really big, like when we saw Dirty Dancing at the Dominion, it just kind of, you just feel like you're somehow just watching a bigger spectacle, like you're watching Disney on ice, like you right. don't feel as connected with it. It's really good mm-hmm. fun. It's a great night out. Whereas when you see something in a smaller venue, yes, you do feel like you've seen something more. You're, the stage is a bit filled a bit more. They yeah. have a lot of space around them, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, that's the only thing. That's the only thing I'd say about it. Um, Yeah, I think overall, I actually, I don't. It look, it's not um, spectacular. Like the songs aren't incredible, but they're really good fun. And the costumes are great. The The lighting is great. The sound quality. We need to just say, like we both mentioned at the end of the show, how good it sounded. Yes, the band was really good. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes when you see. I think when you see like bigger shows that are trying to fill a big space, they really, um, they have like radio mics on the singers mm-hmm. and they really turn it up and you're like, wow, this sounds very loud. It didn't. The, the balance, mix. the mix was perfect. Yeah, I think it was, I, it's, it's a really good fun night. And the thing is with Sister Act is it's a good fun story. It is. Like it's a fun story. It's not yeah. like when you go and see another, like My Fair Lady or Carousel where you're like, oh. Some, yeah. There's it's just a fun, simple concept. Yes. Originally written for Bette Midler. Sister Act was. Yeah, it was a Bette Midler vehicle. What the film was written for? The film was going to be a, a um, it was going to be a Bette Midler film. Interesting. Yeah. I can so see Bette Midler in that. Yeah, totally. Actually. Kind of work. It worked so well with Whoopi. It's a shame Whoopi wasn't in this because she was going to be. But I can't imagine her playing Dolores, which I think is who she was going to play because she played Mother Superior in the London run originally for a short time. Um, but she can she can sing like that. No one can sing like that. No one can sing. Her like voice Beth. is incredible. It's to hear her sing those songs was just. It really it sounds made like me a recording. You're just like, how does she just is incredible and really made me regret not seeing the Drifter Girl. It did. 
Yeah. We should have seen Drifters go. I'm not as fast, but it, I guess. No, we to don't. See ca- her. I know we didn't care about it, but we need to. We need to see her in everything. Yeah. Because she's so underrated as a singer. Like she should be Whitney. You know, she should be our. Yes, I think anyone who sees musical theatre knows that Beverly's amazing. But I feel like on a on a larger scale, yeah. in terms of she's like one of our best voices we have in this country. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like she's Cynthia Revo. Yeah. She should yeah. be as she should be in Hollywood. Like she should be trans. Like she should be yeah. everywhere. Yeah, I mean, she needs, somebody needs to get on Broadway stage. Hundred percent. Maybe she's not interested. No, you know, maybe I mean, she's, she's doing all right over here. She is. I mean, and they always have her on radio too. She was on the um, ceremony the other night. What was it? The there was some sort of Olympic game. Oh, Commonwealth Games. Commonwealth Games. She, she performed live on there yeah. with um, Goldie. Oh, she's amazing. She is really good. So, if you'd like to see Sister Out, let's talk to people about. It's um, on until the twenty eighth of August at the Aventum Apollo. And tickets range, it's a very big auditorium, but we were pleasantly surprised looking at the seating map because it goes all the way, it goes so far back that the seats go to like ST, you know, and then it goes double A, double B, it carries on again. But actually when you're in there, it's, it didn't feel like you were super far away. We were in row L or M, which usually in a smaller theatre, you'd be right at the back. Quite far back, but we were super close and I think we only paid £41 because we were on the edges and it's a very wide theatre. However, it's really... I think it must have been a cinema originally. Definitely. So you so do too. have a pretty good... Even though it's side-on, you can see the whole stage. So I would say if you can get stools tickets on the side for £41, I think they're worth it. I thought our view was excellent. Whereas if you want to go like for a more central seat, they do go pretty high for this, up to like 100 and something, which... I think is a lot. I do. So I, but I would also say today ticks. Um, I've had a couple of tries at that just to see if they're easy to get, and I have been able to get tickets on the today ticks app every day at ten a.m. for performances for twenty five pounds, and they tend to be dotted all over. Um, so yeah, you can see this from about. I would they say you can get tickets from twenty eight quid, but they're right at the back and it, if you're at the back of the circle, I feel like you'd be quite distant. So yeah, I think go for the 40, stools. 40 quid, go mid of the get, stools. Yeah. edges of the stools um, but you've only got till the 28th of August and um, we've been a bit slow getting this podcast out but yeah 28th of August so we, we are recommending people to go see Sister Act we really enjoyed it if you live not in London it is going on tour mm-hmm. and it's touring for a full year it starts in September um, I think in Ireland and then it tours the whole of the UK for a full year Beverly's doing this for a full no, year no oh. no Beverly Knight okay. so the cast that you do get is Leslie Joseph is staying in it and she is taking on the Mother Superior role mm-hmm. instead of Jennifer Saunders which I think is smart because she's got the kind of comedy mm-hmm. sitcom star presence to do Mother Superior Clive Rowe is staying in it great so that's what and Lizzie B who played um, it's, uh, Sister Mary Roberts that's it she's really good um, she's a real like new young talent and, she has, and her big song um, The Life I Never Led got a big big sort of round of applause because her voice was really brilliant I thought that was a cool yeah a cool moment so they're all staying in it Beverly's not and nor is Jennifer Saunders what do you think Bev's moving on to? I'm not sure she's doing a new season of Starstruck on ITV oh, you know okay. the show where they have um, people come on and sing like impersonate Famous people in like teams of three. It's kind of like a stars in their eyesy vibe. She's a judge on that, and I know that starts again in autumn, but I don't know stage wise what she's going on to. But I think, even with, I know we said this show is kind of what we love most about it with the performances, aka Beverly Knight. I still think it'd be worth seeing without. I mean, I'm glad we saw it with that cast, but if you don't live in London, you live. You know, it's going to so many places, I can't list them all. I still think it'd be really worth seeing for for Clive and Leslie Joseph and um, 
I think the whole cast will be brilliant. And the songs are still really fun. It's it's a really good, it is a good time. So I would highly recommend it if you live anywhere else going on tour. Just look up tour dates. And they said more dates to be announced. So I think it's a, it's a big old tour. Okay. So you should be able to find it around the country starting from September this year all the way to the end of next year. Should we have a cocktail? Yes. Cheers. Cheers. So this is, well, it's a, we're doing a sort of midday Sunday podcast today and obviously one of our favourite drinks after the margarita probably is the Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. We both love a Bloody Mary and so I thought I'd do a Bloody Mary, call it the Bloody Mary Clarence. Very nice. Sister Mary Clarence. And each time we make Bloody, we both love making Bloody mm-hmm. Marys. We were just saying this earlier. I don't, it's not like a competition, like no one does it, but we both just make yeah. Great Bloody Marys. Yeah, we like that. to we like to put a little bit of pickle juice in, a bit of like preserved lemon juice. Sometimes you we can, like to do a little small garnish of an olive or an onion. Exactly, you can make it your own. So today I didn't have celery, which is usually a classic garnish. So I did cocktail onion and olive on a stick. And then I did a fun spiced rim, a new one. So I did a tiny bit of garlic powder, onion powder, paprika, celery salt and pepper and you put that on a little like mix all that up on a little plate and then you rim the top of the glass we'll put a photo on the instagram and then you just have a lovely kind of savory salty celery hit which i've done this time and what else have i done to sort of jazz it up and then in it i put worcester sauce tabasco which are your kind of classics and then i added a little bit of cholula hot sauce bit of nun's blood bit of nun's blood um, so yeah, this is the, so yeah, a bit spicy, like Sister mm. Mary Clarence. This is the Bloody Mary Clarence. Lovely. You just can't go wrong on a, on a weekend. Oh, it's like having a meal in a glass as well. It, like it kind of fills you up a bit. Yeah, it's so good. Um, so we'll have these while we do our next review, which was... Um, Yeast Nation. Yeast Nation, At the Southwark Playhouse. One of our favourite theatres, which is in the Elephant and Castle. Love it. You'll hear us talk about it all the time in this podcast. So Yeast Nation is by Mark Holman and Greg Cotis, who were the team behind Year in Town. And Year in Town, we saw at the other palace, then called the St. James's Theatre, many and years ago. And it then transferred. Went to, to the Apollo. And then we saw it there. Um, but we loved Year in Town. Yeah. It literally was one of those shows that we just think back on so fondly, don't we? we it really, for us, like ticked every box. It was really our, like, our vibe. Yeah, it's a very funny, like it's set in a world where you had to pay to use the toilet because, um, you know, the world was running low on water. So it was just an absurdist idea that the water shortage, they would hone in on the fact that you'd not be able to flush the toilet. Um, and it's just absurdist, very funny. And this is the spiritual prequel to Year in Town. So it's very similar themes. It's set 300,000 years before Year in Town at the dawn of time or whatever, you know, 300 million years BC. Um, and so it's a, a crazy concept that it's basically about the first ever life forms on the earth, which were yeast particles that fed on the salt from the earth's crust or something. It's like membrane kind of. Yeah. So that's the kind of comic conceit. And again, like you're in town, this is, um, an, a, a, what's the word? Allegorous? Analogous? You know, it's a, it's a sort of metaphor for, or holding a mirror up to current situation of, climate change and consumerism and what will happen if a society consu- like these yeasts are consuming all the resources basically so it's it but done in a very funny on the nose way like it's sideways winking at the fact that 
the analogy so obvious and on the nose and over the top. Yeah. And it's done in a quite dead Sarcastic, way. yeah. Um, and this production has... You were reading in the programme about how they've cast a lot of first-time... Yes, because they were really super graduates. aware of, like, yeah, the industry and how it's taken a massive hit. So for this, they wanted... I think 50% were graduates from theatre school. Which is a very cool idea. Yeah. Um, and also... Yeah, so let's start with the cast. I thought they were really talented. A mostly young cast. And this is very much kind of ensemble piece. Yes, it's everyone... There wasn't really, like, a star. There were some main characters, but really it is... It is it's a, a group story told through the group. Yes, and all the members of the group are called Jan for some reason, which again, you know, is that's the kind of style of it. So there's Jan the Wise, Jan the Sly, Jan the Eldest, Jan the Second Eldest. And so they are the titular yeast nation. And it starts off in a kind of similar way to Year in Town, setting out that premise in quite a funny way. It, it's a very... The opening is very overly dramatic, like they're telling some big Greek tragedy, but the joke being that they're they're just yeasts. So there's a lot of comedy mined from that. I did feel that musically, the first couple of songs are quite pounding, Mm -hmm. serious, with a comedic edge, obviously, but it all sounded a bit samey to me. It did. And it didn't pick up until song four or Mm -hmm. five. Although you said, didn't you, about how like, maybe that could be the evolution? Yeah, I think they were saying that they wanted it to build and complexity because at the beginning yeah. things were very simple, which is That's true. fine. But I think you need to... People are always nervous in a way when you see theatre. People want to... Yeah. yeah, and you kind of want to get everybody involved right at the beginning. And that's why you need like a big ensemble number or just something to make everyone... Whereas the first couple yeah. of songs, I was a bit like, oh, is this music going to change at all because it was all it was a bit samey for the first few songs and the jokes were it was kind of a similar joke for each song mm-hmm. so I thought that and then it started kind of improving for me I think probably when maybe when Jan the Sly who I think was a standout character for me he was so funny she, oh no okay so we're thinking of two different, different people, people. Oh, so I'm thinking of Jan the Sly who wore a, a beret um, she was, oh yes, she was very cool. And she was kind of how I imagined she was similar to Jenna Russell's character in Year in Town, like very over the top, camp, um, quite a wild caricature. And I thought she was my standout. Who was yours? I liked the Jan that had the glasses and the book, and he was. Is that Jan the Wise? Maybe, maybe it was Jan the Wise. Yes. I just really liked that character. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I liked both of them, and also Jan the Unnamed, who was sort of our narrator. Got a lot of funny. Um, so, who was Jan the Unnamed was Sarah Silmani. She was a narrator character, so she had a lot of funny, um, like fourth wall breaking comedy, which is very similar to Year in Town, where she'll sort of turn to the audience and say, It's an analogy. You know, yes. Explain that. And those bits were very funny. Um, Jan the Wise was played by Shane Convery, who was in Anyone Can Whistle. Oh. I recognised them from that. And then Jan the Sly, who I really loved, was Marie McGinley. And I thought she was really great and had a kind of... And that's when the music had a, had a bit more of a change. And, st- and then it did slowly evolve. It did become a bit... It evolved a bit musically, but there were a few numbers where I thought, that joke's a bit old now. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I thought that I wasn't a huge fan of was movement-wise, because they were these yeasts floating under the water... They were constantly um, sort of in a state of their arms would be slowly 
wibbling up and down and they sort of had one foot always poised so they looked like they were moving in water Mm -hmm. which was fine for a bit but I feel like it then ultimately held the performance back and I feel like the yeasts at some point should have stopped being so much like we're yeasts and become a bit more human Mm -hmm. so that we could have connected with the story because I think the central love story between Jan the second oldest and Jan the sweet Mm -hmm. that love story didn't really draw me in because they were too yeasty yes like I think I wanted them to be more people because you know that's the whole point of the show they're using yeast as a societal like yeah they should just yeah they should have kind of given up on the like oh we're floating blobs we get that that that's the comedic conceit of the piece now they need to anthropomorphize them I don't know if that works if that's just animals being human but the yeasts needed to be more human so that we could kind of connect with them and that love story because that was a bit it was a bit messy I'd forgotten about that love story exactly actually now that you're talking about it I'm like that's not my takeaway when I just think of it I think of Jan the Wise and I think of the elder um gentleman who played the father yes who was he um, he's called Christopher Howell. And he was very commanding. I loved the delivery of his lines. His singing even was good. Yeah. And that was a gr- that was great casting of him, as him as this... He was like a kind of King Lear Yeah, or, or Trident, you yes, know. Yeah. And I thought that worked really well. But overall, my review of Youth Nation would be that it felt like I was excited to see it and I'm excited to for, for what it will become. But I, it felt like it was a bit rough around the edges and it needed a little bit more of a... It felt like we were watching yeah. a workshop performance. Yes, the back... the state, um, the Just set, as an idea. Like and the backdrop was very plain. And I know this hasn't got a big budget, but lots of stuff at Southern Playhouse doesn't have giant budget. But you can do something rather than just have a green sheet... And put something on it or the bean bags didn't really work there's no, some bean bags around the those edge those bean I, bags didn't work and a lot of the um, movement in between scenes there was dead air like there was there was yeah. silence while they moved scenes or too long a pauses and things and it, it didn't feel like that was just because we were watching a preview or because it was a new show it just felt like they, those were choices that they had made to yes. not have music in between and then you're like oh you've broken yeah. the rhythm a bit here and the music was too loud and the music was too loud. Considering I think it was just like drums and keys, it sounded like maybe guitar. It was too thumping. And I thought, whoa, like we were saying Sister Act had such a good mix. This, I'm like, why have you put the sound so loud? Yeah, we're struggling we to hear, hear the singing. Sing. Yeah. So if overall... I would, oh, I would say the very end, the final song, um, they slightly kind of, because it was the end of the show, they'd wrapped it up and then they do one final song that was a bit gospel in vibe. And then they stopped doing their yeast movements and started doing a bit of choreography. They were kind of clapping, and it had a Run, Freedom, Run, which is the big number from Europe and Town. Oh, you're it right. It had that vibe, and that was kind of... And you and I were saying afterwards, it's like, why wasn't that at the beginning? Or why or wasn't there two, the two more songs with that level of energy? So, so for me, that kind of highlighted, you're like, oh yeah, this could have been, and should have been, this earlier on. Yeah, but what I will say is... It's given us kind of a lot to talk about. I feel like sometimes we've seen things where we haven't loved it, but I feel like there's so many points that we've kind of, so many things about it that we want to discuss, which I think is a good thing ultimately, because I think the bones of the piece are there. Like That's what I'm saying. Funny. It's like, if it came back, 
I would go and see it again because I'd like to see how so this, how it moves on. Yeah, I'm sure they'll do some work on it. Let's, it just needs more work, needs something else. But I loved the performances and I loved the idea of of, of what this East Nation kind of yeah. premise. I liked that. It was funny. It was fun, but yeah, just overall, it just wasn't quite there for me. Um, East Nation is on at the Southwark Playhouse until the 27th of August. So you've got a couple of weeks left to see it. If you're you're in town fan and you're interested, I like I would say go and see it, see what you think of it. It's only twenty eight pounds fifty for any seat in the house, unless um, you're a concession students, etc. It's twenty three pounds, so that's very good. And if you are called Jan, you can call the box office, and each show they give away like a free ticket to somebody called Jan. That's quite a good idea because I don't. I've never met anyone called Jan. Have you? No. So uh, who? No. So no. it's not a name that you hear of now. No, I had a teacher at school called Jan, but so I thought that was it. That kind of speaks to the piece. It's that, that it's a very funny piece and it extends out. So there's a lot to like about it. It's just a shame that the music was like a bit too loud and that it, it sort of got really good a little too late, mm-hmm. considering it's two hours twenty minutes. Quite long. Mm. Mm. So that was East Nation at Southern Playhouse, running until twenty seventh of August. Get your tickets, £28.50. Cool. So what else have we got coming up? What else are we going to see? I don't know. I feel like this summer's been so hot that, like, theatre's kind of slowed down for us a bit, mostly. It has. Because I'm kind of bothered. I really want to see South Pacific, which is still running at Sadler's Wells, from the Chichester Festival Theatre. I would like to see that. What we've got booked, I actually can't think. We've got... Wait, let me look at my... Do you know what I would love to see if it gets a West End transfer? Um, It's it's had amazing reviews. It's that musical called Identical. Oh, based on the parent track. Yeah, looks amazing. Styles and Drew, who I really like. Yes, they did half a sixpence and. And, and I love we love Parent Trap both films, the original Mm -hmm. and the Lindsay Lohan version. So this is based on the book. No affiliation with Disney as far as I'm aware. Oh, I didn't even know there was a book of The Parent Trap. Uh, yeah, I think it's a French book. Oh. Which kind of... Because when you think about The Parent Trap, you're like, that story is wild. That a divorced couple... Separate children. They were like, we'll separate our kids and we'll never see one of our children again just because we can't stand each other. But when you're like, mm, French in the 60s, somehow... I like, that like sounds like a we, sensible yes, plan. Of course. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, that's... I don't know. Hopefully that'll come to London. Yeah, that I would be so cool. Where is it on? It's on... Leicester. It's on at the Lowry. Oh, okay. Um, oh, we've got My Neighbour to Toro, but that's not till October. That's at the Barbican. At the Barbican, based on the Studio Ghibli film. When have but, we got Newsies? Have I is that November? That in my diary. Newsies is not until December. Oh, okay. That's the December. So we need to book some stuff. But I would really like to see South Pacific... Would we like to try and see anything goes again? I don't think. Don't know if we'll have time. Cabaret, we'd like ah, to see. Cabaret, still haven't seen Cabaret. We keep cabaret. entering that lottery, and then um, the other thing that I really wanted to see, but I just can't like bring myself to spend the money on the tickets because they're so expensive. Is Beauty and the Beast, which is the currently Palladium. on at the Palladium, and I do love the music from that show. And I was like, should I just spunk the money? Should I just do it? But no, I'm not going. It's a big expensive. Okay. You know, they're getting their summer family audiences in there and they're yes. gouging everyone. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? And I haven't seen any offers. It's not on today no, tips. It's not on today tips. Which is very annoying because obviously everything, most shows now, South Pacific, we can Where do Where is the tips. Palladium? The Palladium is right by Liberty. Ah. Yeah, so, you know, I wonder if that's the thing. Of, do we service. go, you know how sometimes these big shows, if you go on the day and they've not sold some tickets, they give them yeah. to a discount? Possibly. I just feel like those big shows, they just get busloads of people and tourists. They and don't have spare tickets. I just don't know if they do. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to be in town this yeah, week soon. Yeah, but we'll, we'll be back with something at some point. Thanks again for listening. As always, do follow us on Instagram at Hitchcock Podcast or we'll pitch up our Bloody Mary Clarence drinks. Um, and until next time, thanks for listening to Theatre Club Podcast. Bye.